what got you into to fitness and becoming a trainer? Um, I used to be a fat little kid when I was like, you know, eight to twelve years old. He's not up. fat anymore. So <laughs> I was chubby and like super self conscious. I used to get teased all the time by my brother and sister, older brother and sister. I was the youngest. Uh, they would tease me all the time about being fat, talk shit. They'd be like, "Oh, you're never gonna get a girlfriend with your bitch tits." And I'm like, "Man." <laughs> Leave me alone. I just want to play video games and eat whatever I want. You are listening to the Live Better Show with Brett and Jason, where we dive into life crushers, changing their game, talking about wellness, and sharing a message of putting plan into action. Live Better is based on five pillars. Move better, eat better, think better, give better, and live better. We move for freedom, to do and go where and when we want. We practice good nutrition to combat an age of being overfed and undernourished. We practice mindfulness for ways to live purposefully. We give better as the basis for why we do anything at all, especially when focusing on the health of our clients and community. And at the intersection of it all, we live better. Health and wellness is the sustainable fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. Our guests share their story, their mission, and the pursuit of having the best day ever every single day. Hey! Turn up, bitch! The Live Better Show is brought to you by Live Better Retreats. Come join us on an epic adventure where we will fuel your body, your mind, and your spirit to accomplish new goals. This time is the right time for you to join us on an epic Live Better experience. This full immersion opportunity will grant you access to the best in nutrition, wellness, movement, yoga, and an amazing community you will bring home after the trip. Right now, you can join us on a Live Better experience to have the best day ever every single day. Let's crush it, fam. Hey, what's up, Live Better fam? We are here with Eric Leha at Onnit, a.k.a. Primal Swolger. Super excited to have you on the show today, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. They're awesome. really good. Great. Like so let's in the group of things. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive into um, what you're up to now. Um, just to give our listeners a little bit of insight, if they don't know who you are yet. Um, so what I'm you're up a to? kettlebell specialist, or senior kettlebell coach at the Onnit Academy. I also teach, you know, general classes and uh, private clients. Um, but I'm I'm becoming more of the uh, the kettlebell guy around here. Um, I assist in the uh, kettlebell certifications with Marcus Martinez. He's got like 15 years of kettlebell experience, so he's our master coach, and I've learned so much from him in the last uh, two years that I've been helping him out. Um, I've been personal training and coaching for about four and a half years now, you know, so I'm still a young coach, but I've learned a lot in these last four years working out on it, um, growing in this system with uh, John Wolf, Shane Hines. Uh, Marcus Martinez, I've been able to, or fortunate enough to, uh, you know, live and work here where, you know, Austin's my hometown. I grew up here, so it was dope that on it started here. I got a job here, and I've been able to, like, learn from some of the top coaches in the industry, you know. Um, when we first opened the gym and still now, we bring in some of the top coaches to come teach seminars and workshops here. So I've kind of you know, been like a sponge these last four years and really learned from some of the top guys and gained a lot of experience really fast. And so now I'm kind of took the kettlebells 
as my bread and butter and kind of refining that and my uh, my unique spin to it, which is like the kettlebell flows. And I'm trying to uh, teach people um, how to finesse kettlebells the way I do and help them achieve their goals through not only kettlebell training, but also, you know, everything that I like to use here at the Onnit Gym. That's awesome. That's so cool. What got you into to fitness and becoming a trainer? Um, I used to be a fat little kid when I was like, you know, 8 to 12 years old. He's not up. fat anymore. So <laughs> I was chubby and like super self-conscious. You know, I was in middle school going into high school. I was like, man, am I ever going to be able to get a girlfriend? I used to get teased all the time by my brother and sister, older brother and sister. I was the youngest. Uh, they would tease me all the time about being fat, talk shit. They'd be like, oh, you're never going to get a girlfriend with your bitch tits. And I'm like, man, <laughs> leave me alone. I just want to play video games and eat whatever I want. But then I realized that that wasn't fun. Uh, you know, I wanted to make more friends. And so I started running. Running outside, I joined sports in high school in freshman year. I did, like, um, football. I joined the weight room and, you know, kind of got into being in shape in middle school. I also started working out young, too, when I was in middle school. I picked up that Arnold Schwarzenegger encyclopedia of bodybuilding and picked up some basic moves. Started working out from a young age, from about when I was 12 years old, you know, dropped a lot of weight and got into mixed martial arts, out of all things. You know, I felt like playing football and, you know, all those sports kind of weren't doing it for me, you know. I felt like I wanted to be the toughest or I wanted to be, like, the most realist and do the sport that was kind of the, the most, like, bare bones, you know, as gritty as it gets, the most primal thing I could do, which was, you know, fight another human being. So I started training in martial arts, like jujitsu and kickboxing and boxing and, I really got into that kind of stuff, and through that, as the years went on, I was introduced to a lot of UFC fighters, and I got to see what they put their bodies through in the training they went through, and I really developed a love for the type of uh, unconventional fitness that they kind of went through. It was a lot more um, it's like sport applicable and a lot more uh, functional, I guess I would say, and so that kind of gave me a, a taste of that type of training that I'm into now back in the day. And so I kind of took that with me as I went into college and I ended up actually getting a job out on it after I decided to drop out of school. You know, I just wasn't feeling feeling uh, college. So I ended up working at the Onnit warehouse and I took an amateur fight while I was working in the warehouse, took a kickboxing match. And, you know, I enjoyed fighting, uh, but kind of just prioritized work and working out on it for a while. And kind of just kept MMA training on the on the back burner. And eventually, Aubrey was like, hey, man, we're going to open up a gym. We want to teach people how to use these tools that we're selling. You want to be a trainer? And I was like, hell yeah. And wow. so I went from working in the warehouse to getting uh, kettlebell certified, trainer certified, and, you know, getting a ton of experience training family members and friends out of our, our small gym, employee gym that we had at the time. And then we opened up the big gym. I started training some classes and kind of just developed a, a love for kettlebells. You know, we had a shitload of kettlebells at our disposal. So I would, you know, train with kettlebells every day and ended up, you know, just kind of developing my own style to it. And here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 
really cool progression. I like learning why people get into the health space because usually there's some type of trigger, like whether that's you empathizing with somebody else or whether that was a family or friend or whether that was yourself. It seems to be something that like sets people off to be like, I don't want to be like this. I want to be like that. What is the tool? What is the fuel to help me get there? Yeah. It's kind of like the basis of Brett and I's business is how does health and wellness help you do whatever it is you want to do, whether that's getting a younger kid in shape, which has been like a really big focus of Brett and mine. Because like if you can change someone's life at an early age, like look at the downstream effect of that on you personally, and then yeah. now look how many people you're influencing from the same oh, platform. Oh, for sure. Yep. I felt like fitness definitely influenced my whole lifestyle. You know, when I was a kid playing video games, eating fucking microwave pizzas and fast food all the time, that was like normal to me, you know, drinking sodas and Powerades and Gatorades, like super sugary drinks. And then when I realized, you know, if I want to lose weight or be in shape, I needed to kind of cut back on calories and eat like grilled chicken and broccoli and all the the basic healthy stuff. And then from there, that kind of, you know, just led me down the rabbit hole of what real healthy eating was, what real fitness was besides just lifting weights. It was also, you know, training to be a durable athlete and working on mobility and eating uh, healthy foods that not aren't just uh, low in calories, but also in uh, like uh, an abundance of nutrients and uh, minerals and healthy fats and, you know, becoming an optimum person uh, came from that initial you know, decision to try to explore a new, more healthier way of living. And that transformation has led me down to where I am today. And it's been a long path. You know, I've learned a lot along the way. I've uh, been made fun of a lot by friends who who like to, you know, like to live freely. You know, they like to eat whatever they want, drink whatever they want. And they still give me shit today, you know, that I'm not fucking eating whatever I want when we go on vacation or I don't drink all the time, you know. For me, I don't drink a lot because I like to, I, I like to go hard, you know. And if I go hard, I can't have fun because you know I black out. <laughs> or, you know, I like to go all in. Yeah. And for me, it's that's not the coolest thing, you know. I got I like to be sane and be in the moment, kind of just enjoy the present moment. For me, when I get drunk, I like to, you know I like to drink, but I like to drink tequila, and you know, it requires a lot of tequila for me, and then I end up doing crazy <laughs> shit. You know, nothing too crazy, but, you know, I can't just sit and drink a beer. Yeah. And I basically, you know, I don't like all the extra calories, all the extra sugar. You know, I always aim to try to stay pretty lean, you know. So for me, drinking is not the greatest thing. Um, so I like to take, I like to indulge in food more than anything. I like to eat a lot of good food. Um, so even in that, I like to make sure I like earned my yeah. fucking dinners. You know, I don't <laughs> just eat bad all the time or eat good and hefty all the time. If I do, I'll make sure I'm earning it and I'm, you know, I'm working out hard. Yeah. You seem like a kind of an all in personality yeah, just based anything. on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With everything. So you know, like the goal for this summer was to, you know, drop uh, 10 to 15 pounds and get as shredded as I could just to. See if I could, you know, look good in some pictures and some videos, uh, shoot some dope content of me looking shredded. Um, so it's been a commitment to, you know, make sure I create a calorie deficit and I don't, you know, overeat. 
Uh, I still eat, you know, until not until I'm full, but until I'm satisfied uh, with healthy nutrients. I don't eat t- too much sugar. I still eat. Uh, I still eat carbs, but I don't overdo it. You know, I eat a little bit of rice here and there, mostly uh, fruits and and veggies, and that has made the difference for me. You know, still eat a lot of protein, a lot of fats, but cut back on the uh, the extra calories through carbs and uh, smaller meals and kind of snack throughout the day. That's helped me get as lean as I've been in a long time while maintaining uh, as much, if not more, strength than I was when I was 20 pounds heavier. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, But the goal now, uh, after Halloween, is to just fucking bulk up, enjoy the holidays, you know, all the family parties, all the Friendsgivings, and just kind of take advantage of all that. That extra calories during the, the winter times and kind of just bulk up. I like to cycle that way. It's been working the last few years. Yeah. Enjoy my holidays. And then my birthday's in March. So I kind of party right after my birthday all the way up until the end of March and then get back on it in April. <laughs> so yeah, I but I think, it. like, you know, pulling something out of that, the fact that it is cyclical and then, as you talked about, is a, is a journey from start to finish. This yeah. doesn't all happen at once. And I think... The thing that people have a hard time understanding, especially if they don't have a base for as long as you do, like there is a gym age and there is your actual age yeah. and your body gets prepped over the course of your gym age. So mm-hmm. the longer you've been doing something, the easier it will be to bounce back to that oh, yeah. after the holidays or after a cut. Like your body will yeah. respond to the stimulus if it has more experience responding to it. So the fact that you experiment and you do these things, um, where... If somebody is just getting into it for the first time, so if you can remember back to when like kettlebells kind of piqued that curiosity for you, if somebody is just trying to get back into that, what is the best introduction to using a kettlebell for somebody who's maybe new to it or somebody who's gym age with using like dumbbells and barbells is sufficient, but they haven't kind of crossed into some of the unconventional tools yet? I recommend, you know, if you can hire a good coach nothing's gonna be you know that hands-on experience with uh, an experienced coach but if you don't have access to a, a good coach I recommend you know taking a certification making that investment taking a certification either here at the Haunted Academy or any other uh, some of the top certifications you know, I don't, I'm not a, a one one size fits all type of person I feel like, you know, we have a lot to offer and so do a lot of the other kettlebell guys. So I recommend taking a certification, you know, from a top authority, getting educated and really learning all the fundamental movements before you uh, start kind of swinging heavyweight around. Yeah. Um, but also personal experience, you know, pick up a light kettlebell, start playing around with it. And, you know, as long as you maintain, you know, your fundamentals, you know, just safe practice, you know, make sure you're not you know, hurting your back or doing anything that's going to put you at risk. It's pretty safe to, you know, play around with kettlebells at light weights to kind of develop some fundamental moves. Yeah. Um, Or you could check out my online kettlebell course. I have, like, over 150 videos of all my favorite exercises all broken down uh, in videos where I'm going through all the proper technique. So you can check that out, too, if you want. But nothing's going to beat that hands-on experience with the coach. Yeah. So Brett and I obviously have experience like being wellness coaches ourselves with kettlebells and some of the tools you guys have out there coming down here to work out and, and yeah. experimenting around. Um, for people who aren't as familiar, what are some of like the foundational kettlebell moves 
that you would recommend either starting with to experiment um, or like going to seek out from a coach? I recommend you learn how to rack a kettlebell correctly and properly and how to clean it properly. You know, doing a proper holding a kettlebell properly is going to, you know, translate onto how you use the kettlebell in all kinds of positions. If you don't know how to hold it in the proper rack, it's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to hurt your wrist. If you don't know how to clean it even more, uh, you're going to, like, hurt yourself or get that banging on the wrist that a lot of people complain about. So if you're going to seek out a coach, definitely learn how to do a proper kettlebell rack, how to clean it, how to swing it. All right, one of the biggest things you see is people hurting their backs uh, from doing improper kettlebell swing techniques. So kettlebell swing. And the kettlebell snatch, if you're filling up to it, uh, that's more of a powerful movement, super advanced, um, but it's got all the same principles as a, a clean and a, a swing. So if you can learn the clean and the swing, you can learn how to snatch. And but out of those four uh, exercises, you can get a lot of a lot of juice out of, and from from there, you can kind of really piece together all the other fundamental moves, like doing a, a squat with a kettlebell, a deadlift, or a press, or a row. Um, from there, it's all pretty, pretty easy. One of the main things that I noticed from you is taking those basic movements and then creating or making them creative. Like yeah, a lot of your flows are like breaking each movement down is a simple thing, but the way that you flow them together is is kind of like what sets you apart and why people seek you out. Um, yeah. Last time I was here, I saw you training a woman and. It was, I could tell it was like one of your first times training her and like just the flows you were doing with her and she, she was advanced, like she was really good. So it was like cool to see you implement with her. Um, so I, I guess the a question is when you have the skill set, so those that have those movements down, they've done an on it cert or another cert or they're really, you mm-hmm. know, with that, how do you become creative with the movement just like with your body? How do you get, get into that creative state? Is it trial and error? Is it just messing around? Or is it piecing together different movements that you enjoy doing? Where do you and, and how do you get to that creative state with your movement? It's just, yeah, messing around. Like you said, uh, we call it like free-flowing. You know, start with a lightweight. For me, that would be like a 16 to a 24-kilo kettlebell. Just kind of fling it around. And, you know, depending on the day, you know, if I did like upper body uh, probably like favor some upper body movements so i'll do like some presses and some snatches and some windmills you know just to stabilize the shoulder and you know all kinds of things to kind of you know until i find like a little good flow or a a little segment of combination of exercises that i like then i'll kind of repeat that you know in a complex type style but i'll definitely find like a if i find those combinations through uh, just free flow and messing around um, you know, a lot of people call flowing just the free flow. But for me, flowing is anything where you transition in between different exercises back to back. Uh, for me, that's a flow. You know, so I'll repeat a clean to a squat and a press and into a snatch. Uh, for me, repeating that for a few reps is still a flow. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be repeated, but I'm still, I still feel like I'm fucking groovy. And then how do you find... I mean, you've put out so many flows, and I've tried to do most of them. <laughs> How do you come up with new ones? I mean, there's only so many movements you can do with the bell. Um, how do you come up with new ideas? Um, just not sticking to, like, old habits, not writing anything down, you know, not 
repeat, like, I don't ever go back to an old flow that I did before. I might do it just because that naturally comes up, Mm -hmm. but I never try to, uh, like, strictly program flows. Um, The only thing that I program like that are, like, some, like, fundamental strength training or uh, some hypertrophy training. Uh, I'll program that out, and that's super, super basic. But if I'm flowing, I kind of just come up with it on the spot. You know, when I train somebody, I'll coach them through something that I've already programmed before and tried and tested. But if I'm trying to come up with new flows and I don't want to do old stuff, I just the best way to do it is just kind of don't don't stick to old things. Just kind of mix it up all the time. And don't be afraid about, oh, man, what was that one flow? Or, oh, this is so dope. I'm going to remember this forever. If it's dope, you know, I'll record it. That's how I remember it. Um, but to come up with new things, you kind of just got to mess around. Yeah. yeah, don't be afraid to to mix it up, try new things, or don't hold on to old things. And then how do you translate that creativity outside of what everybody sees online? Are you doing anything else creative throughout the day just to keep, like, your mindset sharp? Um, like, yeah. outside of the gym, a lot of people that look at you are looking at you for the kettlebell flow. Yeah. And that's all the questions, and that's all they want to know. But, like, what's oh, yeah. Eric like outside the, out, of the, out of these four walls? Oh, I like to fucking... You know, do as many new things as I can all the time. You know, obviously, you know, I can get really busy. So, you know, work takes up a lot of my time. But um, recently I got into a relationship. So being a cool boyfriend, you know, you got to kind of do cool stuff all the time. So <laughs> yeah. I can just, like, do the same shit and just hang out, watch Netflix all the time. Although my girlfriend likes to watch Netflix. She likes to go hiking and she likes to go to, like, Japanese bookstores and Go look at like anime and manga and, and like regular bookstores, or go to like the local fucking thrift store and shop around and you know just see different things, and so that's kind of influence uh, my life, and I think that kind of you know goes back to the way that I train too. You know, like I said, I don't hold on to old things. I try to mix it up, try new things, and that that way of living has really kept things interesting in case me from getting bored uh, my everyday life you know I mm-hmm. like to go hiking go swimming um, we got this local pool here in Austin called Barton Springs Pool super dope you know before uh, my girlfriend came into my life I wouldn't hardly ever take advantage of it now we go out there at least you know once or twice a week go in the cold water and you know get some uh, muscle recovery in the cold water and swim around, you know, active recovery is really fun. And, you know, just trying new things too, new restaurants, new foods. And, you know, just mixing it up keeps things interesting, like how it does in my training. Yeah, that's cool you that know, you like training, translate it. You know, doing things, repeating things, repeating routines, you know, it can have a benefit, you know, really greasing the groove. But um, trying new things also keeps you engaged in your training keeps you coming back keeps your clients coming back for more um you know i love mixing it up with my clients you know i still give them what they need but i give them what they want as well you know i give them new and interesting things while giving them what they need um kind of under the surface you know with like a hidden layer of creativity yep so you mentioned um back kind of when the mma stuff started you threw out the word that it was like a primal type of training right yeah. hand-to-hand combat no 
nothing besides you versus them or you yep. versus yourself. And battle to the death. Yeah. Man. That was crazy. <laughs> and that, obviously, that translated to your Instagram presence and a lot of your branding of Primal mm-hmm. Soldier. How did you come up with that name? What does that name mean to you? Like, well, you know, honestly, man, starting out, I had no social media. I wasn't really into that kind of stuff. I was very, uh, I was very into like conspiracy theories and being woke and doing psychedelics and like being above all of that kind of stuff, you know. And then the creative and the marketing guys are like, "Hey, man, are you gonna be a trainer here?" Uh, Aubrey, my brother, my brother's the, one of the head coaches here. Um, they were like, hey, man, you need to create, like, a Instagram page and you need to market yourself if you want to be, if you want to get clients. And I was like, man, I don't want to fucking do social media. I hate, you know, posting stuff up, selfies and stupid shit. Like, nah, man, you got to market yourself. I was like, oh, whatever. What's the dumbest thing that I can think of? At the time, we were really focused on, uh, like, the primal side of, of, of things. We had these primal kettlebells. And I was like, you know what? How about primal something? Primal, primal swalger. That's stupid enough. <laughs> and so I started off with that, and it kind of just became catchy. People liked it. And started posting up cool videos, and people kind of ended up liking it. So that's where it came <laughs> that from. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So You're just was, like, right, I'm just going to fucking so, do it. Oops. Yeah, I'm like, what's the dumbest thing I could think of? <laughs> Sometimes <Yeah>. that works. <laughs> you know? And so it was kind of funny. People like it. And so it's been cool. So coming at it from that angle of kind of doing it just because it was something that was going to help market yourself to now it being a major part. And before this conversation started, you were talking about almost starting to shift some of your business and thought into the online realm. Yeah. How has that transition been for you? And obviously you enjoy it. Um, so yeah. how, does, how is it now that, that that's kind of part of what you do? As far as what? Like your business side of using Instagram as a tool. Oh, it's great, For yourself. It's a great community, you know? Yeah. I've been able to foster a great community. Um, I think the key has been just to uh, constantly give to to people, you know, constantly provide free stuff, free content, valuable content, you know, not just me fucking showing my ass or my fucking abs or, hey, look at me, you know, selfie. But also some workouts, some free workouts with sets and reps that people can go back and try, you know, valuable information, valuable diet tips, you know, all kinds of free stuff, you know. And for me, it wasn't like I was giving away free stuff. Like a lot of guys will be like, no, I'm not going to give that much away. Why would I give that away? They need to pay me for that. Well, for me, it's like, well, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's not valuable without the coach. You know, you're not giving anything away, you know. At the end of the day, if people, when people pay you, pay, uh, pay you for things, they're paying for you, and they're going to pay you because they respect you. And it has really translated over from all that free content that I've given away because it's like the law of reciprocity. You know, the more you give, you're, you know, you're going to get it back. Uh, I feel like the more that I've given to these people online, they kind of like feel obligated to kind of give back to you, you know, especially if it's good content and they appreciate it. Um, they're going to give back, you know. Like I said, um, I started selling this online kettlebell course. Uh, some of the people don't even finish the course, but they still have a lot of good things to say. And they're, you know, there to kind of give back after I've given so much. And so for me, my advice to people who want to 
grow their social media or be uh, successful online. It's to constantly just put yourself out there, you know, and don't be afraid to uh, give out too much free stuff. You know, at the end of the day, people are going to pay you for for your worth and your value. And, um, you know, there's unlimited amount of stuff that you can give to the people. And, you know, when you're ready to charge somebody for something, you know, just make sure it's it's something of value and it's really got got you your backing and then people are going to feel good about giving money to you just because you've already given them so much. And so, you know, you got to build that build that relationship with your, your following or with your your community, mm-hmm. you know. How often are you um, spending time, like, recording content and putting it out? Is it just kind of part of your routine now? Or yeah, you man. Segment Dude, to, like, I'll record almost uh, sometimes every other day. Yeah. You know, every other day, two weeks in a row, and then I'll take, like, two weeks off. Uh, when I first started, we were doing every other day, for two months straight, three months straight. But now that I've, you know, kind of amassed this amount of content and kind of gotten in the groove of things, I've kind of come to a system to where I'm able to record two weeks on, two weeks off. That's a good way to segment Focus on it. programming, focus on getting ready for the next two weeks of filming, and get ready for the next month's content. So it works out. But I try to film, you know, uh, Instagram and social media content on the daily. You know, I want to stay connected with people and keep them up to date with what's going on right now. So besides, you know, the website and the training side of stuff, I like to provide, you know, what's going on in my life, like what I'm eating, what I'm doing, and people people like to see that side of things too. So that's important. Yeah. You know? What's the most exciting thing you have going on for work? Or like what what gets you going the most? Is it doing stuff like via Instagram? Is that when you're giving value to somebody, is that what, like, kind of lights you up the most? Or do you like doing the in-person stuff, either single or group? I like combining it, man. When I can combine my community with my training, you know, obviously I love my clients. I love the classes, the people that I coach here. But meeting new people that have supported me online and who really dig my stuff and are part of the community that I've developed is great. You know, meeting new people for the first time and coaching them through uh, the stuff that they've been really, they've really only been able to see from afar and only been able to see through my Instagram and then being able to meet them in person and really, you know, touch them and, like, show them what it's all about and, you know, kind of open their eyes to it's not really that hard. Like, it's not – it's flashy. It can be flashy, but they can do it too, you know, and they can, they can you know, do their own thing too. They don't got to do what I'm doing. They can mix it up and not just learn from me but learn from other people and, you know – do their own thing and for me meeting new people traveling and teaching my workshops and um, you know combining both the community on the Instagram and on the social media with my training and being able to coach them in person has been super rewarding and so I'm excited to continue to to travel and teach workshops and uh, share share the knowledge that I've acquired and developed over the years. On the other side of that, what do you find now as you've amassed a following, as you have a great book of business here, as just your biggest challenge as either a trainer or an online coach? Oh, just, you know, being too nice, man, and saying yes (laughs) to everything. Yeah. You know, kind of spreading myself too thin. I'm the worst when it comes to uh, keeping a schedule, making plans, or... um, 
but it helps to have a good team though so that's keeping me on check but yeah that's been the hardest part you know I want to I want to be able to not only like share my story and share my stuff teach people and teach as many people as I can there's just not enough you know hours in the day to do all of that and get enough rest but I keep meeting so many dope people who are killing it and they just fucking hustle all the time and they work they live and work and thrive on only you know four or five hours of sleep I don't know how they do it you know but I see it's possible but you crash yeah man I guess I train too hard or something I need more sleep you know, for me, it's finding that that balance yeah. between work and rest. Yeah, we find that we find that too, and it's interesting because we live now in like a society where like more is better, and that's what everybody thinks, yeah. right? And it's like, how much more can I do? What like you talk to somebody and they're asking what's new, and you want to say eight million things. So I think for someone that's like finding success or that's like starting a new endeavor or that's branching out, it is finding that balance, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. where can I be successful in my own right without just overdoing and overextending myself? Because, you know, I mean, any human being, the more things you do, the less quality time you can put into each. That's just the way it is. So if you find like where you provide the most value and what you enjoy doing, that's just where you crush. Yep. Yeah, I definitely, I'm starting to believe less is more. I've been able to, uh, you know, I've been, I was kind of burning myself out teaching a shitload of clients every day, just trying to train as many people as I could. Not only because I wanted to make more money, but I wanted to, you know, make everybody happy. I wanted to get everybody in shape. I wanted to, you know, help as many people as I could while filming all the time and working on my online content. It just was burning me out, and I wasn't getting enough rest. I was drinking a shitload of coffee and caffeine, and staying up late and not sleeping like four or five hours a day, it was taking its toll on me and I kind of burnt myself out. And now that I kind of shifted over to, you know, doing less clients, less classes, and uh, some more streamlined filming and uh, producing content in a more efficient way and being able to get more rest, I'm really realizing that less is not only more, but also it's better for me and my, my mental health and my physical health, you know, I'm in the best shape now than I've ever been, even since the last couple of months, because I've been able to get more sleep, more rest and recovery, more downtime to where I can um, recover and really, you know, plan correctly and train smart, recover strong and really, you know, produce quality work instead of just kind of getting by and you know half-assing everything yeah recovery is something that is very undervalued because it's not sexy to sleep right it doesn't you don't look good sleeping or stretching um you you mentioned a lot about kind of the durable durable athlete yesterday we were chatting and you were working in and out of the sauna just kind of getting your body back Mm -hmm. um after a long trip so what are some of the ways that you enjoy recovery and that you'd recommend to to others that are that are working hard i love doing uh adult mobility session uh 30 minutes to an hour of just joint articulations joint rotations um just kind of you know grooving out all those uh, all that that muckiness all that tightness in my joints just kind of getting loose again i do mobility I'll do uh, some animal flow, kind of put everything together, integrate all those moves, 
and like just move around. I like to hit the sauna. I love swimming now in the cold water at Barton Springs. Uh, it's you know it's challenging, but it's also you know not hard on the joints. Um, you know, it works on my cardio while helping me recover my joints. And I love running outside, although that's hard for some people. Uh, for me, I can kind of just get in the zone and just run outside for a little while and kind of, you know, don't got to run hard, you know, just jog, open up those hips, open up that stride, and that gets me going, helps me recover strong in between hard training days. I love, uh, you know, getting body work when I can. Um, deep tissue massage makes a big difference in my in my life, uh, but if you know you don't have access to that, I foam roll all the time. You know, when I I can't uh, see my massage therapist, I'll I'll foam roll for an hour before bed. I'll foam roll in the morning before I work out, and I'll foam roll after. You know, as much as recovery as I can. You know, you got to think about all the stress you're putting your body through. You know, training is a uh, is you know you're trying to create adaptations. Uh, through this stress that we're putting our body through. Sometimes we don't recover properly from that stress and we develop imbalances or, you know, tight spots or, you know, tight areas that that can affect you later on. So if you don't address that before you start hammering it out again, um, it could create some issues. So for me, really focusing on mobility, durability, and recovery has taken me to the next level. So I highly recommend... Uh, you know, just trying new things. You can hit some yoga. Hot yoga will be really good. It's like a combination of moving and mobility while sweating, you know, uh, detoxifying the body a little bit. And, you know, sauna, cold showers, swimming, light running, even, you know, a new, taking up a new skill like a martial art, like kickboxing or jujitsu, you know, and just learning new things and really putting your training into uh, practice is a really good way to to recover, you know, as long as it's not a hard training session, you're not going to go in there and spar or try to kill yourself after you've already done hard training the day before, you know. Just do, like, a light class where you go in and just learn some skills. That's a really good way to recover as well. What does a average week look like for you from a training perspective? Well, you know, it depends on the time of year or the month, you know, whatever the goals are. But, for example, uh, this week I've been trying to, you know, stay lean for the summer. I'll train hard Monday. I'll go heavy on the squats, and then I'll do, like, a, a light run just to kind of keep that blood pumping in my legs, do, like, a 20, 30-minute run, which is a lot for some people, but for me, it's pretty easy. So I'll do 30 minutes heavy squats with uh, some auxiliary work, like some kettlebell swings and some snatches and, uh, you know, like kettlebell work in between my heavy squat sets. After that, I'll go for a light run, hit the sauna, and then if I have time, if I'm not training or I don't have to film, I'll go swimming. You know, kind of a full day of activities. The next day, I'll just do mobility, durability, and maybe go swimming. On Wednesday, I'll do uh, strength and conditioning with kettlebells. Like I'll do like a couple kettlebell flows. It takes about 20 minutes. Then I'll do some jump rope and some pull-ups and some dips some body weight stuff, and then I'll go for another 30-minute run. Then on Thursday, I'll go for a long run, like a hour-long run, and then maybe, you know, go hiking or go swimming if I have time. Friday, maybe take the day off or go for a run or do, like, a, a full-body lift if, uh, if I'm feeling up to it. You know, I did heavy squats on Monday, 
by Friday, I haven't done any other, you know, heavy lifts. I'll probably do like some moderately heavy deadlifts and some uh, some heavy rows. Saturday, I'll go running, go swimming, you know, recover in between those hard training days. And Sunday, I'll go hiking, swimming, just take a day off. But every day, doing something yeah. active, constantly keeping my body moving. And, you know, kind of try to mimic that lifestyle of, you know, like back in the day, you know, what I what I think what primal beings did, you know, kind of went hunting and, you know, went looking for food, kind of earn your, your fuel, you know. We have those comforts nowadays of just going to the grocery store and get whatever you need, super accessible. Um, so it's easy to kind of just hang out at the house all day and snack and chill. And next thing you know, you're like, way over the amount of calories you need for the day. You're just snacking all day, eating nuts, eating chocolates or popcorn or fruit, you know, you know, just like kind of overdoing it. All, all, all those things are healthy. You can still overdo it on the amount of calories you're eating. And for me, if I'm not active, I'm not doing something, you know, that keeps me moving, I'm going to be eating. You know, it goes back to when I was a kid. You know, I just constantly love to eat, love food, especially here in Austin. We got some of the best spots to go eat. So if I'm not, you know, doing something active, working out in the gym, going for a run or swimming, I'm fucking going to be eating. So how much, how much uh, MMA are you still doing? I haven't been able to do much at all, man. I've been super busy with, with my business and here at Onnit Academy. Um, I'm hoping to get back into it early next year. I'm hoping everything goes. Do you want to fight again? I want to, but my girlfriend doesn't want me to. My friends don't want me to. They, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm good friends with a lot of really great fighters like TJ Dillashaw. You know, I've been able to train with him, and you know, seeing the, the hard work that it takes to you know be a champion. And, you know, the reward that comes with being so great and that's super enticing and it's super, like, you know, the most primal thing of all, you know, or, like, the most, like, for me, that's, like, so much glory to that. And for me, it's, like, what else are we living for than, you know, to achieve those type of things? But the older I get, the more I realize, man, there's so much that is so rewarding to to do what I'm doing and kind of just do what I like, do what I love, and I don't got to get punched in the face to <laughs> to reach people and influence people. And yeah. if anything, what I'm doing is uh, it's more positive. I can reach more people in a positive way. Um, but that's not to say, you know, being a badass fighter is not an influence. It can be very positive. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll put oh, this yeah. podcast back out and <laughs> win, the, win the championship. <laughs> um, so one question we love to ask everybody, um, our philosophy at Live Better is have the best day ever every day. And it's all about mindset, and it's about, you know, attacking the day and just really owning up for oh, yeah. whatever the day is going to be. You have the choice to make it great. So we love to ask people, you could wake up tomorrow and do anything you want. What's Eric's best day ever look like? My best day ever? Man, just waking up, eating a badass breakfast, and just uh, just getting to hang out with my girl. You know, maybe hit the beach, lay out, get some sun, swim around, and get a good workout in. You know, if I don't get a good workout in, I feel I don't feel fulfilled for the day. So maybe we'll be the part. Maybe go hunting. 
with my hands and fucking knife or something. <laughs> Do something super savage, you know? And then fucking gut it out, grill it. I don't know, something crazy. Yeah. Something dope. Yeah. But yeah, good night's rest, wake up, get a good breakfast, hang out with my girl. Maybe go hunting first, kill an animal, and then cut it up and enjoy it for dinner. That would be the part. It's about as primal as you can get. (laughs) But most importantly, you know, it's like to really have the best day ever for me, especially recently, I've been putting this into practice, is just being grateful, you know, no matter what. You know, not looking at things as a burden, which I used to tend to do a lot, especially when I was spreading myself too thin, like, fuck, I can't believe I did did this. What else? What I say I was going to do, fuck, all right, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. You know, but then I go, man, why am I being such a little bitch? How the people in the world don't get these types of opportunities? You know, like, I need to be grateful for the fact that I even get to do any of this. You know, that I got, I woke up today, you know, with a breath in my body. And get, I'm able to fucking walk, man. Like, some people can't even walk anymore. Like, my grandpa's super old. He can barely turn his fucking neck. You can't drive anymore. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, maybe I'll be like that one day down the line. Hopefully not. But I got to appreciate right now and be grateful for the ability to just fucking be able to do basic shit, normal things. And, you know, appreciate the opportunities that I get at work uh, with clients and with, like, opportunities to, you know, do a podcast with you guys or go shoot a video shoot. And on the fucking other side of town, you know, it's like all I can see all those things as a burden, as fuck. I gotta do what, or I could look at it and be grateful for it as an opportunity to, you know, better myself and um, be able to reach more people, so that I can keep spreading that positive sphere of influence, even though sometimes it can be tough and hard, or it can seem like a like a burden or a job. Um, there's a lot harder shit out there that people are going through. So I think to have the best day ever, being grateful and remembering, you know, to to appreciate those things will make a big difference and it will kind of switch you over right away. Yeah, I think mindset, you know, gratefulness, mm-hmm. gratitude is, is everything. And that is like the whole thing that we, we preach is that, you know, you just need to be grateful for what you have and then what you are able to do like going forward. So like the fact that you said like, yeah, it's nice to be able to like get up and walk, but that's just step one. Now that you have that, like be grateful you have the chance to push yourself yep. and do all these opportunities and, and seek all this stuff out and grow. And um, I think that's, that's super special that you've come to that realization because a lot of people, like you said, they don't. They think about work home and like they're just like finding ways to get pissed off yeah, yeah. i still find myself coming into those holes you know but i always you know realize fuck i'm being a little bitch today man what the hell's wrong with me and try to snap out of it as quickly as i can yep. but you know we're all human <laughs> we are all human yeah. um so spreading your message is huge and getting it all out there so where can our guests find you find your programming find you online and well, you can find me in person at on an academy in austin yeah. texas i'll be here um or you can you know, check me out on uh, instagram at primal swolger or eric leha or you can go to ericleha.com check out my my workouts online 
and uh, got a couple. I got a kettlebell course. I got a body weight course coming out soon, so stay tuned for that. But if you want to hit me up, you know, I think the best place to reach me is Instagram. So just hit me up on there, and uh, we can connect. So looking forward to hearing from from anybody. Uh, if you have any questions or any cool ideas, opportunities, hit me up. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Just want to say thanks, brother. Oh, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, thank guys. Thank you so much. That was Have great. Fun. Hell yeah. That was awesome. Great. Boom. Perfect. That's it. Boom. Thank you so much for listening to the Live Better Show. Awesome, cool, really fun guest. We are extremely excited to extend you guys a discount on our retreat for listening to this episode. If you can make it to our next Live Better experience, email ham at livebetterco.org. H-A-M at livebetterco.org. Yet we go ham. You want a discount off the next trip? Hit us up. Have the best day ever.